our series, The Holy Spirit, Wonderful, Not Weird. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about, how wonderful our Holy Spirit is. We'll spend very little time talking about how weird He's not. It just made a cool you know, title, Wonderful, Not Weird. And plus, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it tonight, but for the huge majority of this series, we're going to be talking about how awesome the Holy Spirit is, how wonderful He is. This series, um, I believe, is about the most underappreciated, misrepresented, and misunderstood person in the Bible. And that person is named the Holy Spirit. I believe most of us here are familiar with the Holy Spirit, but there's some of you that might not be very familiar with the Holy Spirit. But in our introduction of Him tonight, we will be talking about how wonderful He is. Our goal tonight is an introduction. An introduction to the series, yes, but bigger than that, an introduction to the Holy Spirit. But in a little bit, I'm going to let someone else make that introduction. Someone who knows the Holy Spirit better than anyone. So what I'm here to do is to make the introduction to the introduction. First off, it's important to lead with this. In being introduced to the Holy Spirit, we have to know He is a person. He is a person. It is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is not an it, but a person. Now, the Holy Spirit is not flesh and blood. The Holy Spirit is not man, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Kind of hard to grasp. Just like Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. So there's things about the Godhead that we're not entirely going to understand, but we can go, okay, uh, I'm with it. I believe that. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's never referred to as it. Referred to as he, him, he. It's a person. And it's a masculine person who has who has feminine um, expressions at times. Just like there's times the father has feminine expressions, and, and but he's a man. You know, he's the father. And Jesus at times. Why? Because the goal was to reach all people, male and female, men and women. So the Holy Spirit, I think we can probably acknowledge early on, is the most unique person that we've ever met for the very reason that he is both person and spirit. The Holy Spirit is not impersonal in the least. The Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit is aware. Everything I'm, I'm listing here is found in Scripture. The Holy Spirit knows. He loves. He grieves. He can be lied to. He helps. He can be lied to, but he can't be deceived. But he can be lied to. He helps. He intercedes. He has a mind. He knows the thoughts of God and he reveals those thoughts. The Holy Spirit makes elders, serves as proof and witness, and the Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit speaks. We see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and speaking in the Old Testament. We see the Holy Spirit in the New Testament speaking in the New Testament. And people, the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking right now in the here and now. The Holy Spirit speaks and is not silent. 
It's important to know that the Holy Spirit speaks. We know this as a church. But how open are we to Him speaking? And then how quick are we to respond? The Holy Spirit was needed. As Jesus left to ascend to the Father, He was needed then. The Holy Spirit was needed when the New Testament church was birthed. And the Holy Spirit is needed right now in the New Testament church today, you and I, just as much as He was needed then. Many of us in the church are misinformed in one way or another regarding the Holy Spirit. And because of misinformation, the Holy Spirit is often pretty misunderstood. The Holy Spirit is not that crazy uncle who shows up unannounced, does crazy wild things, takes off, and then leaves a wake of destruction and confusion behind him. What was that? What? Oh, that's just the Holy Spirit. He does that. He's crazy. He's rude. He doesn't clean up his... He makes messes, doesn't clean them up. That's not him. That is not the Holy Spirit. Now... Um, I think a lot of times we, we assign things to the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, we say, oh, you know, well, you know, he's a gentleman. But yet there's times he's not a gentleman. Okay, there's times he is not a gentleman. There's times he does things that he doesn't announce and he doesn't get our permission for. And there's times he does. And we see the Holy Spirit uh, as a form of a dove. And doves are, you know, are easily startled where they leave. So we, we, we see that about the presence of the Holy Spirit. But yet we also see that on Jesus Christ, He remains. So we're just going to, everything we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're going to put Scripture to. There's going to be a lot of Scripture. We're going to be a Scripture-equipped people in regards to the Holy Spirit throughout this series. I will say this about the Holy Spirit. Far, far too few of us know Him. We know of Him. We know of the Holy Spirit. But we don't know Him. We talk to the Father. We pray to the Father. We talk to the Son. We commune with the Son. But not often do we talk to the Holy Spirit. Not often enough do we listen. Do we converse. Friends, the Trinity is not in competition with one another. And they are completely secure in who they are. God is completely secure. God is not... This is the honest truth. And I know the Word says, you know, Jesus says, He says, anything you ask my Father in my name, I will do. Okay? So I know we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But friends, there's times I pray to the Father, and there's times I pray to the Son, and there's times I pray to the Holy Spirit, and there's times I love on the Father, and there's times I love on the Son, and there's times I love on the Holy Spirit. And they are not some insecure Godhead that goes, ah, 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 you didn't come to me first in the Son's name with seven, you know, hiney shakes. You know, uh, that's how it's done. God just wants us talking with them. They all glorify each other. Have you noticed that in the Word? They all glorify each other. When Jesus talks about the Father, He is glorifying the Father. He is raving about the Father. When Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, He is raving about the Holy Spirit. They all glorify each other. 
It's beautiful. One of the goals of this series, and we have seven goals that I'll read at the end. One of the goals of this series is that we get to know the Holy Spirit and we come to love Him as much as we love the Father and as much as we love the Son. And that is awesome. How many of us have said to the Father, Father, I love you. How many of us have said, Father, I love you? Everybody. How many of us have said, Jesus, I love you? Everybody. How many of us have never said, so I switched it, I, I said before I said, you have and you have, so I'm switching it. How many of us have never said, Holy Spirit, I love you? Maybe tell the Holy Spirit now. <laughs> you love Him. You know, it's we can have affection for the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to have affection. When you know someone and you know how awesome they are and you know how much they love you and they care for you and they were sent for you, you have affection for them. Because of the misinformation and misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit, many people are hostile to the Holy Spirit. If you don't believe me, go anywhere and start talking about the Holy Spirit and monitor their reaction and gauge their reaction. You'll get something like this. Citizen, be careful. The Holy Spirit's not entirely to be trusted. He's a shady character. I don't know. And the people that follow the Holy Spirit are very suspicious. If nothing else tonight, I've established that Batman is highly suspicious of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what accent to use. Batman worked. A lot of people are highly suspicious of the Holy Spirit. They don't want to uncork that bottle. Some even attribute evil to the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit. Friends, there's entire denominations that attribute evil to the things of the Holy Spirit. Not just talk about grieving. And that grieves me. I can't imagine what that does to the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, we see that believers were utterly dependent upon the Holy Spirit. But not just the church, not just those believers. Who else do we see was utterly dependent by the Holy Spirit? Jesus. We'll get to that. No matter how good the motives might be, a lot of people have an inaccurate and an incomplete view of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and so we're taking this series to just go through the Word and talk about the Holy Spirit, to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to talk about the Holy Spirit that indwells as part of the Godhead, but also a separate act of baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the indication they are of life, and that we are growing in the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit, that there is life, that we are growing in the Lord, that Jesus is being glorified, that the kingdom of God is being advanced because the work of that Jesus Christ was here and established is being furthered, and we get to share in that ministry. We're going to talk about all things Holy Spirit. It's going to be at least 14 weeks. It will be the summer time until we're done. Because we're not putting the cap on it. 
Because what if we come in here and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, I don't want to be uh, talked about tonight. I want to be demonstrated tonight. Then we're going to demonstrate the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be obedient to Him. And we're going to give freedom. It'll be at least 14 weeks. But you have to also remember that in the midst of that time, there is Easter and there's Mother's Day and there's different things we have coming up. And so, you know, there's days that we'll, in the midst of the series, we'll take a week off. Many Christians live in continuous frustration, not knowing that there is a person, the Holy Spirit, who has been sent to us as a guide, as a teacher, as an advocate, as a counselor, to empower us, to comfort us. There's a lot of frustrated Christians out there because there's this this wonderful gift that's been given to us that's not being grabbed a hold of and utilized. And people calling out for more. Lord, I want more of you. But still being resistant to the Holy Spirit. Some of us live powerless lives in our own strength that looks nothing like the believers that we see in Acts chapter 2. And so we find ourselves frustrated. Left to our own logic. Left to our own strength. Left to our own reason. The abundant life of Jesus Christ is only, only made available through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll have scripture to back that up. Everything I'm saying tonight, over the course of the 12 weeks, I can't give scripture for everything. It wouldn't be an intro. It would be very scattered and very long. We cannot come to the truth of the awesomeness of Jesus Christ except through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Bible even says we can't come to declare Jesus is Lord without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says this, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Friends, the burden of salvation is not on you and I. The obligation to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ and and to walk fulfilling the Great Commission, that responsibility is upon us. But none of us can make a man declare Jesus as Lord unless the Holy Spirit has brought that revelation to him. We can't even know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. We are utterly dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And this is what God wants for us. And this is what He has always wanted for us. And this is a part of God's plan that Jesus describes as better than. It is better. It is better that I go away. And friends, this wasn't just some knee-jerk reaction at the end of Jesus' ministry. He's like, oh my gosh, it's the fourth quarter. We're down by seven. What do we do? Holy Spirit, no. This was always part of the plan. This was always part of the plan. Jesus knew this was always part of the plan. And you see at the end of his ministry, he is giddy with excitement at the, at the thought that the Holy Spirit's going to be sent. I'm going to ask the Father. The Father's going to send them. He's going to be awesome. He's giddy, guys. 
when we read those words, let's look at the excitement of Jesus Christ in this. This is a part of God's plan that includes the sending and the remaining of the Holy Spirit, who is an expert in all things. This was first demonstrated by the Father sending the Holy Spirit who descended upon the Son and remained with Him. And then the promise is given. That word remain, that's used, that He remained, is the same word abide. It's the same word that describes that, that He abides in us. And so friends, the Holy Spirit remains in us. He abides in us. First, seeing the fulfillment of it in Jesus Christ, but us getting to share in the promise and the fulfillment of it right now today. The same powerful person has done the same thing for us. Abiding in us so that we can walk out the work of Jesus Christ today. Friends, we're going to go to the Scripture and we're going to read Scripture and we need to believe Scripture. And I don't care what the background is. I don't care what your background is. I mean, I don't say that meaning like I really don't care. I mean that saying, set it aside. Set it aside. Whatever your training, and, and that doesn't mean, and I'm not like speaking to like um, a room full of Quakers. That's not what I mean. I'm not like, hey, all you Quakers, you know, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and I don't know what you, I don't know. That's not what I'm doing. Some of you might have been raised in the church and I'm still asking you to be to set it aside and to look at what the Word says because there's certain traditions we have about the Holy Spirit that are scriptural also. And when it comes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I look at what the Word of God says, and that is that's gospel. It's Bible. It's truth. So I'm asking you guys, let's learn together. I'm I'm challenging you guys in this. Be teachable. Be teachable. Please don't be a know it all. And please don't be someone who who isn't hungry to learn. Be teachable. There's so much the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. Open yourself up to whatever the Lord wants to teach you through this series, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and through the revelation of the Word of God. So who is the Holy Spirit? When introducing someone, it's helpful to have a trusted mutual friend oftentimes make that introduction. If we're going to get to know someone new, it's helpful to have someone who already knows that person say, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. Most often in that situation, before we're face-to-face -face with that person, what happens is the person goes, I want you to meet my friend. And man, she is awesome. She is so cool. She will leave you in stitches. She's hilarious. She is funny. But oh, she's got such a big heart. So by the time we meet that person, we have already been pseudo-introduced to that person. So when it's, we meet, like, this is my friend, Nancy. Friend, you know, or, so, you know, Michael, meet Nancy. Nancy, Michael. And you're like, Nancy, it's so great to meet you. I've heard so many great things about you. That's, that's a good introduction right there, right? We're going to look to the person who knows the Holy Spirit better than anyone else for that introduction today, and that's Jesus Christ. So let's let Jesus introduce us to the Holy Spirit tonight.
So as we read, we're going to read a lot of passages in John. And as we read through John, I want you to realize something. This is not just some witty metaphor that I came up with of the introduction. This is legitimately Jesus' introduction of the Holy Spirit to the disciples before they've met him. What we're reading is the is Jesus raving about the Holy Spirit before he's appeared on the scene. He is he is doing what I just did with paving the way for an introduction. So here's the intro that Jesus makes of the Holy Spirit to the disciples. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Helper. This was the first word that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. Helper. Paraclete. One who walks beside and never leaves. Someone who walks beside through all circumstances. Paraclete. Helper. That's who the Holy Spirit is. But this passage is so much bigger than just the Holy Spirit being a helper. This passage shows us how the Father and the Son feel about the Holy Spirit. I'll ask the Father. He'll send it. There's already excitement there. There's already unity there. We're on the same page. We love the Holy Spirit the same way. We're in this together. We're going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is their plan. Jesus fulfilled his plan. Now the Holy Spirit must fulfill his. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Why? Why in part? It's not like the only reason why. But why in part is is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father? Because the work is done. He can rest. It, it, It is finished. It is finished. His job is completed. Where is the Holy Spirit seated? Nowhere. He's the hardest working man in showbiz. He's constantly working. His work is not completed. He's doing his work right now. We are walking out his work right now. He ain't seated anywhere. In this passage, we see something extraordinary about the work of the Holy Spirit. And this might be the thing that excites me the most about the Holy Spirit. We see that Jesus comes to us through the Holy Spirit. He comes to us through the Holy Spirit. We will cover this at great lengths, at thrilling lengths throughout this series, but we see it first listed right there. The Holy Spirit is our helper in so many ways. So what else does Jesus have to say about him? Still in John 14, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. I love that. I mean, you know, these aren't dense men. He just can't help himself. The the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father is going to send in my name. He will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace 
I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be fearful. What is Jesus now saying in this, in this portion of his introduction? He's saying in addition to helping you and walking beside you in the midst of every circumstance, my friend, who you're about to know, who, who is sent in my Father's name, is the smartest person I know. He is brilliant. And he has this incredible ability to convey the deepest things into the simplest terms. And he will teach you all things. And... Over the last three years, I've said a lot of things. This is Jesus talking. Over the last three years, I've shared a lot of things with you. We've had a lot of talks. You've heard a lot of sermons. You've seen a lot of things. And I don't expect you to remember them all. But my friend who's coming will make you... He'll help you remember everything I ever said. He will bring to your remembrance everything I've ever done. Which is going to come in handy for some of you because a couple of you are going to write books and letters and it's, you know, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. You're going to need this aspect and... There'll be a guy named... Well, they're not going to worry about... We'll just get... Later, later. But you're going to need this portion. You're going to need to remember everything about me. And that is what my friends will do. That is what the Helper will do. That is what the Holy Spirit will do. And I'm leaving you with my peace. I'm leaving you with my peace. A peace you will always have. And the Holy Spirit will manage that for you. You don't have to worry about losing it, friends. I, I understand if I left it with you, if I left it, you know... With any one of you, that'd be a tough thing to manage. You don't got to worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to manage that. And at any point you need my peace, it's yours. Remember that time I was sleeping on the boat and you guys freaked out? And remember that? And then peace all the time. You get that all the time. I don't care what the storm is. You get it. And the Holy Spirit will disperse it in abundant portion at, at every opportunity you have. This is what my friend will bring. What a great introduction. No, none of us have ever had an introduction like Jesus has given of the Holy Spirit. And then the reminder. Jesus saying, I wouldn't leave you alone. The reminder once again. He's constantly reminded, I told you I wouldn't leave you alone. I wouldn't leave you an orphan. I won't leave you alone. We are not left alone. So Jesus then talks to them about their relationships. He talks to them about the Father and then he can't help but talking about the Holy Spirit once again. John 15, verse 26. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify, testify about me. And you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. He will testify. He will, good golly. Testify. He will testify. He will testify about me. What is he saying? He is. The Holy Spirit is proof of me. He is proof of me. If we're in a court of law and we're trying to make a case against somebody and you're like, Your Honor, I have proof. I have a testimony. This person was there. They saw it. They witnessed it. I have a witness. I have testimony. I have proof. And it is taken as proof. The Holy Spirit is proof of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is proof of His power. The Holy Spirit is proof of His love. The Holy Spirit is proof that He is not dead. That He is alive. That He is working. That He is continuing. 
And so are you. And so are you. And so are you. You've been with me. You've experienced your proof also. And the Holy Spirit will use you as proof. The Holy Spirit will open up opportunities for you to be proof. He'll do it in the workplace. He'll do it in your homes. He'll do it on the ball fields. He'll do it in the marketplace. The Holy Spirit will use you as proof. You will be proof of me. That is what he says here. Then Jesus talks about some other things. He talks about important things. But sure enough, he can't help circling back again. John 16, verse 7. But I tell you the truth. And by the way, if there's ever been anyone in the history of the world that does not have to say that statement, I tell you the truth, that was Jesus. But he is saying, he's like, I'm going to drive this home. Guys, listen to what I'm saying. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And He, when He comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you see me, you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Jesus is saying, brothers, sin is a deadly thing and it's a tricky thing. And I'm not putting upon you the responsibility of convicting people of their sins. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You talk about me. The Holy Spirit will convict of sins, not just sins. He will convict them of righteousness because most people out there think they're pretty good. They really do. They think they're pretty good. Most people are going to think they're pretty darn good. They have their own sense of righteousness. So the Holy Spirit will convict them of sin. The Holy Spirit will convict them of righteousness. And the Holy Spirit will convict them of judgment. The Holy Spirit will let them know that the ruler of this world are evil, but weak foe, the enemy is defeated, that I've already rendered judgment against him. And for those who agree with the enemy, judgment is against them as well. But if they agree with us, if they agree with me, there's salvation. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what he is raving about that the Holy Spirit will do. Anyone want to hear more of this? Anyone else getting excited about this introduction? I love this. Jesus, the Holy Spirit hadn't even appeared yet. He's just setting the scene and he can't help talking about him. Friends, do we, do we have the same excitement about the Holy Spirit? Can we just be uncontained with our joy about the Holy Spirit as well? Verse 12, also in, in chapter 16. I have many more things to say to you. You guys, let's hear this. I have Jesus speaking. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Once again, Jesus is saying, I've got so much more to share. 
but it's the Holy Spirit who's going to share. Don't worry, he and I are in constant dialogue. The Father and I are still in constant dialogue. And I'll be speaking to the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks, you can take it to the bank. It's me speaking. It's me. I've got more to say. You can't bear it right now. I I know your head's on the verge of exploding with how much I've given you. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop. But I'm not done talking. Friends, Jesus is not done talking. He is not done speaking. The Holy Spirit does not just speak of his own accord. Jesus did whatever the Father said. Jesus said whatever the Father said. The Holy Spirit speaks not of his own quarter, but what he hears Jesus saying. You see this beautiful triangulation once again of just perfect harmony? Jesus says, whatever belongs to my Father is mine. Whatever belongs to me is yours. And the Holy Spirit will give you access to these things that are mine, to these things that belong to my Father when you need it. He'll give you guidance. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you an equipping. He'll let you know how to use these things. This right here, I believe wholeheartedly, is a just a foretaste of him going, if I started to explain to you right now the gifts of the Spirit, you wouldn't quite get it. The Holy Spirit will. But just know that whatever I have available to me, I'm making available, and the Holy Spirit's going to bring it to you, and you're going to love it. If you want to get, jump ahead of me, where I'm going to start off next week, or it'll be, if not the very start, early in there, is we're going to see how Jesus was first introduced to the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at three years prior, at the beginning of his ministry, when, when it was this cool encounter, not, not that... Jesus didn't know the Holy Spirit before then. But there was this cool encounter when Jesus was baptized. The voice of the Father spoke and said, This is my Son whom I love and Him I'm well pleased. Jesus the Son was present. And the Holy Spirit descended upon Him like a dove and remained upon Him. This amazing interaction of the Godhead here on earth and the way that that changed his life as Jesus proceeded and moved on in ministry with the remaining presence of the Holy Spirit upon him. That's where we'll start off next week. There's seven things that the Lord put on my heart that I'm asking God for to do in this church, to do in your life and in my life throughout the course of this series. These seven things are this. Number one, to come to know the Holy Spirit and to love Him as much as we love the Father and the Son. Number two, and I'll have a slide for these next week, guys. So if you are if you want to write them down, I can send you my notes. So you don't have to worry about writing it all down. Two, to identify the ways that we are resistant to the Holy Spirit and allow Him freedom in all areas of our lives. Number three, to gain understanding that the Holy Spirit can be grieved and to live our lives in such a way that we don't grieve Him. Number four, to give the Holy Spirit room to speak and to operate in our lives.
Number five, to learn to recognize the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and in others. Number six, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to walk in His gifts. And number seven, to live life exemplified by boldness and the anointing. These are the things that that I believe the Lord put on my heart that I'm asking Him for, but here's what I'm asking for each one of us, each one of you. Set some goals. Ask the Lord, Lord, these are the things I want for me. Lord, these are the things I want for me in this series. And personalize it. Personalize it. Because he's going he's gonna to get all of them. What, I mean, I can't say I promise. I can't say I guarantee. because there's. I, but I promise. I guarantee whatever you list out there and say, this is what I want. As long as it's not local. I hope at the end of this to have a Mercedes. That's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen. That's, I mean, no one's even that immature. That's ridiculous. If it's you're asking things about growth in the Holy Spirit, the things of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, He's going to He's going to answer. He's going to reveal. He's going to show up because He is faithful and only faithful. So set some goals. Ask the Lord for some things. Tonight we start. Tonight we start. We're not getting off this topic. It is all things Holy Spirit. And it's exciting. I get excited just hearing Jesus talk about him. You realize in our study, we're not even anywhere near the Holy Spirit actually making an appearance yet. We're not near the day of Pentecost. We're not near the upper room. This is Jesus just making this introduction to us about you're going to love him. He's amazing. This is part of God's plan. And we are in this together. So let's be equally as excited, but also let's be open. Let's be seeking and, and let's just be hearing and obedient to the, what the Lord speaks to us. Amen.